I am freaking out right now. I think I'm gonna start crying. I didn't realize I was interviewing you today. I am so overwhelmed and so happy. I'm in a mix of like fanboying and like knowing that these people's lives are gonna be completely changed. And so, oh my gosh, I just had to pull it together. I just first wanna say to the listeners, I usually have an intro that I do. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. <sighs> I usually have an intro that I do and I read a bio and I'll talk about the bio, but the woman on the screen is beautiful human, Brittany Spivey, has literally like changed my life and my way of thinking to the point where when I go to bed at night, I turn on TikTok, I hang on every word you have to say. You are such a beautiful person and everyone out there like today, you are literally gonna enhance your ability to like receive empowerment from yourself. And I just urge you right now to go follow Brittany, first of all, we'll tell you where to find her, but more importantly, if her services apply to you, literally run. Run there, don't walk, run, go, do it. If you're a mentor, if you need inspiration, if you're a CEO, like this is the human being that's gonna change your life. And everybody, you're about to empower your life and your voice. and it's time to trust and believe. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Brittany, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Can I say that I, okay, so I've been like, I don't know if you could see, but I've been just like emotional all morning trying to get myself together for this because this is just, this is beautiful and I feel safe. So I wanted to let you know, like, I feel safe talking to you. And you know, the stuff that we're going to talk about is sensitive mm -hmm. and it's not always easy to talk about this stuff. But I had to tell you that, like, I feel safe. I feel okay. I feel like I can be myself. I feel like I can tell my truth. And I've been an emotional wreck all morning trying to hold myself together. 
Well, you don't have to hold it together here. I think by not holding it together, you are going to empower people. Brittany Spivey is the founder of Spivey Vocal Consulting, an online training agency for public speakers, creatives, and vocalists. Prior to dedicating herself full-time to her company in 2014, Brittany worked as a chorus teacher and professional backing vocalist. So you know we have the singing in common. I used to be in gospel choirs, competition choirs, and all that stuff. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's not about me. It's about Brittany, but I'm just so happy. I'm so excited. (laughs) Throughout her career, Brittany has coached and mentored countless creatives, empowering them to use their voices, speak their truth, and overcome vocal trauma. However, her biggest challenge came in April 2022 when her mother, Donna Spivey, passed away. Four months prior to her mother's passing, Brittany began seeing the number 444 on a daily basis. Her mother would ultimately pass away on 4822. May she rest in power. At 4.44 p.m., which Brittany interpreted as a sign that there was more to her mother's passing and to life, death, and grief as a whole. In the wake of her mother's death, Brittany embarked on a new journey sharing her personal experience with grief on social media just 10 days after her mother's transition. Her new mission is to help others find their voice during the most difficult sessions of their lives. And that's when I found you. I don't know what it was. Like that TikTok algorithm is in my soul because my grandmother passed away as 2009 hit and you have like helped me still deal with that. And so welcome to the show and beyond. And I just want to jump right in there. So we all know now that you want to empower people to use their voices, change their voices, enhance their voices. But what was it about you coming to social media to pick that platform to share this very vulnerable experience that you were having in your life? I have always been somewhat of a private person. And because of my past and our upbringing, we had to kind of like move around a lot and adjust a lot in our lives. So we were taught and just kind of trained to keep something to yourself. So I've always done that. Even when I've dealt with different things, you know, depression and just life in general, I would never talk about it. Never. I would never say anything. I would just hold it in. And I feel like I'm on a journey of learning to really get in touch with who I am, like for real, like for real, for real, on the inside, uncovering all of the things that I don't want people to know, you know, all of my little, my shortcomings and the things that I've been through. So when my mom passed away, I had no choice. I was in therapy. I had supportive friends. But in that moment, I needed something. I needed, like, in order to save my life in that moment, I needed to do something. And I just picked up my phone and started recording. You know, this is day, I think it was like day 10 or 11 that my mom passed away and I just talked. Just to rewind for the people who don't follow you or haven't seen your TikTok, can you just kind of go back and and give them the story of, how shocking it was, how quick this moved, how quick this life transition happened and the lessons that you and your family like really got from it. Because I think people will really attach to what we're talking about. 
Yeah. So if I can give just a really quick backstory, just on my, my mom's life, um, we've gone through a lot as a family from homelessness as kids, living in shelters after my dad left. So my mom, you know, she got married and had four kids and you have this life planned out that you're going to be with your husband and, and your children forever, but it didn't work out that way. And so we ended up homeless and we kind of, we had to move around and adjust a lot. My mom ended up having open heart surgery about eight years ago and she passed away during the surgery. And we, we didn't know if that would be the end of our time with her, but um, she ended up coming back and just talking about some of the things that she felt and experienced. So last year in April, it changed my entire world. So my mom was walking with my nephew and they both were struck by a vehicle and that's how she passed away. But initially she went to the ER. They were talking about, you know, sending her home. They were saying, we, everything looks okay. She just has to heal a little bit. Um, we'll probably just monitor her kidneys and her heart because she was a heart patient. And I FaceTimed her after the accident. So I live about two and a half hours away from where my mom lived. And so I, I'm, I'm looking at her on the phone, FaceTiming her. We're talking and laughing. And she's talking about how she's just ready to go home and, and relax. And then the next day we get a call. Things have changed. Y'all need to come in like right now. And that was a Sunday. The accident happened on a Sunday. By Monday, we were changing plans. And by Friday, she passed away. And it was so strange because we talked to her. We talked to her. We were under the assumption that she would be okay, but she wasn't. And it's still really hard to process now. From what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, she was writing a book during that process, correct? Like she was using she was. her voice throughout this like process. Like talk about that a little bit. She was. So my mom had always dreamt of being a writer and she was born in the fifties and you didn't really hear in her community. You didn't really hear of like writers that really made it. So she had always wanted to become a writer. That was her thing. She was gifted at it. She wanted to go to school for writing and all of that, but she was talked out of it. She was mm -hmm. talked out of it. And she was told you cannot have a career as a writer or you can't, not even that, but you can't find fulfillment as a writer. So she was told that she believed it. So she went all of her life doing other things instead of doing the thing that was placing her to do. And so after her open heart surgery is when she started writing about what she saw on the other side. She started writing about just the spiritual changes that she went through. She started writing about a lot of things that changed my family's life spiritually, religiously. <laughs> there was a lot that she saw that caused us to awaken in, in a sense. And so she wrote about those details. Um, it took her some time to really get everything out. It took her years to, to get to the point. I think now we're left with about 80% of the book. She finally wrote and it was in her Hard to put this book out. And um, one of the things that I talk about on social media is my mom's last message to the world of two more weeks. And so 
during the time that she was placed in ICU, they wanted to determine, okay, how soon should we send her to hospice? Because everything's failing and everything's shutting down. And my mom was literally laying there with, there's a machine called a BiPAP machine Mm -hmm. where it's not quite life support, but it's not oxygen. So it, it basically forces you to breathe. So she was laying in ICU with the BiPAP machine on. She took it off to say like, uh-uh, I can't go yet. Like, I need time. I need two more weeks. I've got to finish this book. I've got to put it out. And she passed two days after that. So it just, it puts this fire in me to do the things that I know that I can do because time is an illusion. And we feel that we have so much time in the world. We really do. When you talk about really empowering people to speak their truth, and I talk about, I truly try to be and live the definition of live your best life, because so many people are waiting when the time is right, this, and I understand, like, finances get in the way of, like, the freedom to be able to travel to France, right? But it's like... But right now, you can find a way to live in that space because we don't know if space and time tomorrow exists. This is just kind of always a question I wanted to ask you in person because I just love the way you talk. <laughs> I love the way you speak and how like calm you make angst feel. <laughs> so, you know, what happens if someone is just like stuck? They, they're stuck in the throat in terms of they can't speak their truth because of you know, of all of this oppression or they're afraid to take that leap or, you know, how do you help manage that with people? I feel like this. I I love reaching out to people to help me get to the next phase, but that person has had to go through something. And the reason why I can help people become unstuck is because I've gone through things with my voice. When I was a child, I did not speak. People never believe me when I say that. And it's interesting that I've ended up, uh, that I have become a mentor, coach, vocal coach, all of that, because I didn't speak as a child. Not that I couldn't, but not that I physically couldn't, but every time I would open up my mouth around family, friends, whoever, it was almost like something grabbed my throat. I couldn't talk. And my teachers, would ask my mom, like, what is wrong with her? What's wrong with, why is she not speaking? Why is she not talking? You know, and it's almost like I was sent into this world with this like muzzle over my mouth. And it's almost like God and the universe is, is put me in a position to figure out how to free yourself so that you can help to free others. And the way that I became unstuck, and it sounds, it's going to sound so minor, I had to become uncomfortable. That was the only solution, to become uncomfortable. And there's a woman that I coach now, and she's an older woman. She just so happens to look just like my mom. She has like these locks. <laughs> she, um, she's so sweet. But she came to me, and she had stopped. She stopped speaking and singing and creating for, I want to say it was like 30, 40 years, something like that. Uh, um, and I want to say she started really young, just speaking and, and 
producing and, and really expressing herself. And she stopped. And we talked about this in a class. Um, I asked her, who in your past has told you, don't speak? That's enough. Sit down. Don't talk. You can't. Who did that? And we talked about it. So I like to challenge people to really think about, take time, even if you write it down, think about who told me this, even if it was something as simple as your parents saying you talk too much or, you know, maybe the, the baby is doing flips and singing and you tell them, hush, I'm tired of hearing that. Mm. We don't realize that spiritually those words of sh shushing people, those words spiritually cause the voice to lock in this cage. Mm. And then you take that on throughout your adulthood and you wonder why, you know, I can't speak up for myself. I can't express myself. I can't express my feelings. I don't know how to feel free enough to create. So I always tell people, take time. And this stuff hurts. It hurts to have to sit back and write out the things that were said or even done to you. You're talking about things that like I kind of went through as a kid and people who read my book, they know like I, I was sexually abused. And so one of the things I would do is hide in my closet with my little My Buddy doll and my light bright. And that was like, you know, that was my space. And while I spoke as a kid, you know, I had to hide the secret, you know? And so, you know, one of the things I wanted to, you know, propose to listeners or people who are watching as well, it might not be sexual abuse. It might not be, you know, some overwhelming feeling, but I would say more than 90% of people feel like there is a point in their life where they have to silence themselves about something. Silence themselves about something that's not even necessarily hurting anyone. Or if they do have some sort of trauma that they do want to inflict some kind of discomfort to other people, they're silencing themselves by not going to therapy. And I just feel like if everyone for a second can connect to that mute and figure out, you know, and this is why I love going to therapy because it helps me realize like, oh my goodness, like that's why. And you made a really good point because I'll say it because this is my podcast, but in the black community, like you hear shut your mouth. Why? Because I'm the adult and you're the child. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense to me. Or why do I have to do that? Because I said so. You prohibit someone from questioning. So with our children, <laughs> like my kids, so my husband and I have two twins. And like sometimes I want to resort to because I said so, because I'm the adult. But I refuse to do that because I love when they question, like, why? Well, And there are times where my five-year-old has won the argument. Only because, like, the way his brain processes this information for the decisions that guided him to the decision that he made, I'm like, okay, great. You made a decision for that. This is why it didn't work for me. Because one day he might be a lawyer. He might, you know, be a, he might be in a job interview one day and someone shuts him down from something and he's like, ah, and I'm getting this job. And I want him to be like, you know, Papa told me to like, yeah. you know, be persistent with the way that mm -hmm. I feel and with what I want to say. So thanks for sharing that. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Let's talk about 444, because that's one of the things where people are going to like, you know, they'll do one of these like side eyes, you know, like, you know, they don't believe in that. Oh, that's it's just a coincidence. But I'm with you. I'm like, there's no such thing as a coincidence. So let's let's talk about 444. I think that is a very interesting story. I am the type of person now who needs I require a sign. Now that I've learned to kind of use to use my voice, I require proof and I require a sign. And I feel like that is known to like all of the energy around me. Brittany needs a sign or she's just not going to catch on. You know, so I need a clear sign. And so starting January of last year, every day I would see the numbers 444. It would happen on my receipt. It would happen the time. It would be the strangest thing. On a license plate, I would see those numbers every single day. And I saw them every single day up until my mom took her last breath at 4.44 p.m. on the day that she passed away. And so, and because I'm someone who requires a sign, I knew there's something, like there is something bigger to this. There has to be. And it's so crazy because now the numbers that I see have changed. I see different numbers now for Mm -hmm. the next season and the next phase of my life. But I require a sign. I have to know, like, I have to have some type of proof. And those numbers, 444 did not let up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. It it was every day, every day. I think you've spoke about so much that can help the masses. But let's talk about grief for a second, because especially on social media and TikTok for sure, and in your life, we all know someone who has passed away and we all know Mm -hmm. someone whose spouse passed away. And there's this thing that in real life, when people go through is they kind of step back and they're like, they feel bad for you. And then they're like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like people want to rush you to get over it. You know, they want to rush you to be like, oh, well, your husband passed away like two years ago. Don't you think you should start dating again? And I want to pop people upside the head every time they say that, because I'm like, this is not your journey. Like, it's really not, nor have you been through it. But one of the things I do like about TikTok specifically, because if you listen to someone's story, you're getting part two and three. And like, even if you're not following them, they're popping up on your page. I didn't enjoy your grief, but I really enjoy the way you, I think you like unknowingly coach people through it. And so like, let's talk about how your process of grief went because one, it opened up your voice. (laughs) I found you, I'm excited about that. But I feel like a, a lot of the things that you've, learned along the way can really help a lot of other people as well. I did not see people grieving or talking about grief in the way that I was feeling grief. 
And so when my mom passed away, I went online and looked up the seven stages of grief. And I was like, this has nothing to do with them. What is this? Like grief is so tailored to each individual. I didn't find myself in that. Now I do a year later, but you go on the internet and you expect to pull up this article and be at stage one and stage two. And then this is going to happen. And nobody tells you that all of them can happen at once and some that are not on the internet. Um, so grief has been strange. Grief has caused me to spiritually awaken in a way that I did not know I needed completely. And there was a video that I talked about feeling like I was thrown into a new world, a new dimension. And of course you have people who are very supportive. Like, you know, I get it. That was the majority. But then you have people who will say things like, um, that's just grief. That's just the mind. Mm. That's just you disassociating. And I always tell people, let's take the just off. Can we take the just off? It's not just grief. This is grief. Mm. And for me, leaving hospice after my mom passed away, and I talked about this, and I cannot stress how real, I cannot stress how real this is for my life and my world. Leaving hospice, driving on the same roads that I drove to get to the hospice center, everything looked different. Mm. It's like, and I didn't even know that I was grieving yet because she had just passed away. My mom had just passed away. But my world visibly is different. It looks different. Nothing about the world looks the same. Nothing about my neighborhood looks the same. I don't look and feel the same. It just has me in a place of trying to, to figure out really who am I? Because I saw a different person before. I saw a different life before. I don't know this person. Grief has caused me to have to get to know myself again. Mm. And it's been so strange. You know, you were using the word just. I think that people see and hear some of the things that other people are going through and they say, oh, that's just this. And, but they don't dive into it to be like, you know, how does this affect me? And your world really does change if you actually allow yourself to be present in those emotional moments. My father-in-law talks about avoiding emotion commotion and letting the emotion take control of you to where you're spiraling out of control. But in this sense, connecting to the emotion, especially for somebody like you who was really close to your mom and your family, like your energies are literally transferring together. There's no way that there's not going to be some sort of dynamic shift that happens if you're present in the moment, you know? I was talking to a woman about grief and her mother passed away also. She had given her mother a kidney and just the conversation of the fact that my kidney is in the ground, like people don't understand what that is doing for my emotional state, mm -hmm. you know? And I believe naturally, physically, spiritually, even with my mother, we share DNA, that detachment. I felt it. I felt it. And I don't even think you have to share DNA with people. I personally believe that we are connected to certain people in this life through spirit, through our spirit, through our souls, through the soul tie, that soul connection. And when they leave, 
we can feel it in our bodies, our worlds. We can feel it in every aspect of who we are. Um, for me, I went through a lot of memory loss after my mom passed away. I still don't remember certain things in my childhood. You know, those things are just, a lot of them are just kind of foggy. You know, it's just, it's a lot surrounding grief. And like, like we were saying with the word just, it diminishes another person's experience when you add that's just, you know, it makes you feel like what you're going through is little and you don't feel understood. So let's talk about getting people to open up, to like become unstuck. Is there sort of a common denominator and, you know, how do you process their, you know, their starting line to get them you know, to move forward, to become unstuck and to become louder? The people who come to me are usually people who get a lot of no's in life. <laughs> mm. Those are usually the people who come to me. So, so people who have received a lot of no's, a lot of setbacks, a lot of unfortunate situations in life, um, people who don't necessarily have anyone to lead and guide them or to give them an up in life. They're just like, I'm just at ground zero and I don't know how to move from this. So it's typically the people who have received a lot of no's. And initially I started working with just singers and vocalists and it transformed into public speakers and also into mentorship. Um, just for anyone who is unsure of how to progress in life. For me, I do things different based off of the person, based off of the person and what it is that they need to be freed from. There are some times with people that I may assign you to keep a journal. I may assign you to spend 21 days out in nature, no matter what the elements look like, to be present. Mm. You know, I may require that you turn your phone off for three days just to spend time with yourself, breathing exercises, all of those different things. Um, my main focus initially is teaching people how to undo themselves. We have, especially through the world, through the world, through our community society, people will teach us how to be them and they'll teach us how to be who they think we're supposed to be. And mm. so a lot of times we never get to discover who we are. Because y'all told me I needed to be this and I needed to do things this way. I needed to be that. So we have all these layers piled onto the person that's like at the center, that the, the, the star, the, the energy that's at the center. You have everything that people have told you to be piled on top of that. So the first thing is undoing who you are and who you have been made to be. Then once you expose everything about you, then you can now decide to put on new layers. Who am I now? And there are several different processes for that. And like I said, it's specific to the person. I'm like such a spiritual person. Sometimes I'll be on a call and it'll drop in my spirit. This is how you handle that person. And that's how we move from there. People are creating layers even in their public life. Like they're creating layers because the things that you're hiding even about your public life could be empowering to people and you're making it part of your private life, but this is the things that this will generate more energy and people and yeah. love to you. And so 
I know for sure that's what we are talking about when it comes to empowerment because people are just yeah. literally hiding behind stuff. And I think a lot of times they're stacking on these layers because they feel like they don't measure up to mm -hmm. this person or measure up to what society, like the kind of car you should have or like, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. So I just wanted to tell people, like, if you feel like you're layering up on your public life and things that could possibly be motivating and inspiring to people, Brittany's the one, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> right, I want to get into some fun stuff because <laughs> can we talk about this singing thing? Can we talk about these vocals? So vocals, and then I want to talk mm -hmm. about public speaking, especially for people who are in business or they're out there interviewing or they, you know, they also oftentimes feel mute how to like kind of tell their story. So, but first let's talk about singing. I want to know, give me the backstory. Yeah. I want to know what stages you've been on. I want to know if you're... <laughs> alto or soprano i don't know your range all of it you know what's so crazy so i have um three siblings so my mom had four kids with our dad so there's ask about them yes yes they all we all sing so we were raised singing in the church and oh my gosh i wish i had like some pictures to show you but because my mom was a writer she wrote our songs she wrote our songs the first time I was in a studio, I was like six years old. The first time I was in a recording studio. Now, keep in mind, we were still, you know, we were singing. We were still homeless. <laughs> but, we, but we would go to the car afterwards and go to the shelter. But we were singing. We were some singing kids. And we had this group. Um, and we would dress up in our little matching outfits and go sing at churches and different things like that. So it was always in us from the start. And like I said, all of my siblings do music. They're all really talented. I was just the only one who kind of went on to do, you know, like teaching in the school system and that type of thing. So I had this course teacher when I was in high school and she felt that my voice was too like jazzy and scratchy and she would not let me on this special choir for nothing. Um, and it's so crazy. I was like, you know what? I'm teaching chorus because I never want to put those seeds into people mm. and into children, especially. I ended up becoming a chorus teacher and I ended up working with uh, elementary school students, with the elementary kids. It was so much fun, so beautiful. The way that I started my business, it was not because I was ready to become an entrepreneur. It wasn't because I was ready because I, I was I was comfortable and I loved working with kids. I, that's all I really wanted to do. The way that I became an entrepreneur was when my mom had her open heart surgery and I had to become her caretaker. And I did not go back into the school system. I didn't renew my contract. I was like, okay, you have this school, this skill set, you have this knowledge. Let's figure it out. And I stopped working and I had one client from the school, $40. <laughs> I think I charged him and his grandma $40. I had to figure out how am I going to take care of my mom, help with medicine and my daughter. I'm a single mom as well. And I, I started with that one client and never looked back. And it's yeah. been eight years now. Never looked back. It was rough, but it was fulfilling at the same time. So I started working out with singers and it's just been part of my life. I've been able to travel to different countries and Europe and Africa, you know, different countries in Africa, um, different continents. It's been amazing, but I will say the traveling part of it wasn't 
as much of like my purpose, you know, I really like the speaking aspect of using the voice. And, and I tell people all the time, they're the same. Your singing voice and your speaking voice is the same. So mm. if you've had issues with expressing yourself in your past, that affects the way that you sing. That affects the way that you introduce yourself to people. That affects how confident you sound when you are delivering a message. Thankfully, I still get to work with kids. I do have kid clients, five and six-year-olds that I get to work with and teens. Um, and I still get to work with public speakers. So I'm just thankful to be able to bring everything together. I'm really happy you told me about That's a really good tip for public speaking because for a long time, I was just telling people no. I was like, mm-mm. Because I just, I got so overwhelmed being on stage because I'm like a really in the moment kind of person. And you will understand this. A lot of people will not understand this. But when I walk into a room, I feel the common denominator of the energy in that room. It doesn't matter if it's 5,000 people or four people. And it's very overwhelming and it's distracting when I'm on stage because I'm like, it's like I'm firing at all these different cylinders. It's so amazing how you said, you know, it's like almost like speaking is the expression through your song. It's a good way to look at it for me because I actually have a couple things coming up. So I'm going to use that yeah. technique. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to go back a little bit. Can you tell me about going to and being a part of living in the shelter, like that life? Ooh, yes. And I have just started talking about this. Um, this is kind of like my last layer to remove because I've always kind of been ashamed of it, you know, and I'm, I'm seeing now in order for me to be fully free, I have to talk about being homeless. I have to. I have to talk about certain things that it just opens you up to. But it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, like I said, when my my father, when our father left, my mom, she she just everything kind of crumbled from from there. And so I I am from North Carolina. And um, she ended up getting a job with the state in another city, which was like, that was huge. It was a state job. It was huge. And, you know, still we didn't have a place to stay. We had to figure it out. So she put us in her little old white Buick. It had these burgundy seats. 
hot burgundy seats. I remember those kind of cars. Trust and believe. It was, it, you know, you got to roll the window down. It was faithful. Yeah. But she put us in that car, drove us to Fayetteville, North Carolina, and we lived at the Salvation Army. We did. Mm. One of my memories from living at the shelter, and this is something that I just started talking about, um, is the meal, What our first meal at the shelter. We walked in and there's tile everywhere. You know, of course, this was years ago. Um, it was really just a cold feeling, but we were excited to have bunk beds in the room. We were excited to have like all of these things that kids now take for granted. And when it was time to eat dinner, we sat down at the table and there was a bowl of like this just weird brothy type stuff with chicken feet inside of the bowl chicken feet and that was our first meal there were no seasonings on it there was nothing no bread vegetables it was chicken feet in in a bowl and now when i think about it it's such a humbling experience every time i eat something that i want to eat i'm thankful mm. because we went we went through a season where we had to eat whatever was there and I adopted that mindset later on in life. Later on in life, it, it was hard for me to make choices for myself because I just kind of had to take whatever was given. So I do want to say this because I think a lot of people are have been homeless. Um, a lot of people may be worried about their their housing security, especially now the way that the world is going. Um, I think, it, I think a lot of people are facing this more than we realize. Mm. And, and we'd never know. We'd never know. Um, but I do want to say this. There's something beautiful that happens when you're in those positions. It doesn't seem fair. It's very unfair. But there's something beautiful that you learn about the world, yourself, life. There's a different level of appreciation for the small things. You know, you learn things in those dark valley moments that you can't learn anywhere else, you know, and it just, it really builds your character and appreciation. And I feel like life is all about gratitude and being appreciative for what you have. Um, but being homeless was, was rough. And I have, I have to undo a lot of mindsets, even now in my thirties, I have to undo those mindsets of just being afraid, like what if, you know? So oh, yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot, but I'm thankful. I'm so thankful to have been there. Well, congratulations for finding the power and courage to open up. You know, Robin Roberts has a book that's called Everybody Has Something. Mm -hmm. That something again is something that people don't even understand. Like that story can like help mm -hmm. somebody like, get up off the couch and be like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do something with myself that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So thanks for sharing that. Okay. Final two questions. The first one is what is your definition of trust and believe? My definition of trust and believe would be to take a chance on yourself and to also, because I feel like deep down, we know Something in us knows what we're capable of. And I think that's why we get so frustrated sometimes. But really taking a chance on yourself. Mm. 
Mm. Also, not allowing people who have never taken a chance on themselves to talk you out of taking a chance on yourself. So even when it doesn't make sense to other people, we in church. <laughs> yes, we are. Even when it doesn't make sense to people, go with your gut. If your your plans and your dreams don't make sense, go with your gut. Okay, final question. Give me all the info on how people can find you. And I just want to let everyone know we will put Brittany's info in the show notes. So make sure you check out those links. But let's hear where we can find you and people can just get more of you. <laughs> okay, so I am Brittany B. On everything, and that's B R I T T A N Y, the letter D S P I V E Y. I'm Brittany B. Spivey on TikTok and Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. And also, my business is spiveyvocal.com, and I do complimentary assessments. I'll sit and talk to you for free. <laughs> I love that. Brittany, this was such a treat. For some reason, I don't know why I thought I was going to be talking about nutrition today, but I went into my office to grab my lip balm and I said, I looked at the screen and almost lost my mind. I had this immediate, like I was elevated to this level of happiness. And it is like, you know, my birthday's tomorrow and this is like a great birthday present. So thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this is so great. But thank you so much for your time and your energy. And you know, you're one of those people that I like to say, you know, there's there's people like Sean T that people know because they were on TV or somebody who's already written this really successful book or somebody who, some amazing person that Oprah interviewed or something. But like, you're like a hidden gem. And I just hope that the success you know, whether it blows up to that level or not, I just hope that the people who do get to experience you can feel like your authenticity and love and support. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh my gosh. And tell your family I said hi. I don't, I never met them. You talk about them a little bit. I don't know why I feel like I can come to the house and hang out. Like I just literally <laughs> feel like that. You can, you can. You're your cousin Sean now. So <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.